0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 3 of Crave Arts Presents The Future of Film, featuring intimate interviews with the best emerging filmmakers from around the world. My name is Tom Oliva, and I am co-founder and executive director of Crave Arts and the All-American High School Film Festival, dedicated to discovering, showcasing, and uniting the next generation of visual storytellers and content creators. Some quick updates from the All-American Bulletin Board as we gear up for our 10th annual festival in New York City. Our 2022 festival takes place this October 21st to 23rd, and all of our ticket options are currently on sale via our website and Film Freeway. Our Elite All-Access Pass early bird pricing is available through August 5th, and submissions are still open via Film Freeway with the final deadline on July 1st. Head over to hsfilmfest.com to get the latest news and updates about the 2022 festival, including our 2021 highlight reel, downloadable 2022 budget guide, planning guides, and posters, because it's never too early to begin planning your all-American adventure. A friendly reminder that we are offering two new custom categories this year. They're totally free and open until July 1st. We have the End Distracted Driving PSA category, offering you the chance to submit original PSAs about the dangers of distracted driving. And the representation through storytelling category presented by Storyblocks invites you to submit a short film or documentary that reflects the diverse world we live in and highlights the stories of historically excluded voices. More information at hsfilmfest.com/2022-custom-categories. And if you plan on attending the fest in New York City, we highly recommend competing in our film invitational competitions the world's premier on-site student filmmaking competitions in New York City. We offer a variety of authentic, real-world production experiences for student filmmakers and video production programs. Your chance to crew up and produce a short film in just 10 weeks. Registration is open. I am thrilled to be joined by today's guest, a multi-talented alumni from 2014 and 2015, Tiffany Lin. Tiffany submitted several diverse films during her All-American run, and we immediately recognized her vast potential for visual storytelling. She tackled heavy topics like cancer and environmental awareness with a distinct blend of humor and substance fueled by an innate creative perspective full of engaging personality. Watching her early work, you can't help but feel her presence a quirky, very real voice eager to explore new ways to elevate the viewer's experience. And thus, it's no surprise to see how her talents have flourished. A recent graduate of film and television production at the USC School of Cinematic Arts with a minor in animation and digital arts, Tiffany has received a slew of accolades and awards for an impressive and similarly diverse body of work. Watching her most recent reel illuminated a maturation of her gifts, the same humor and spunk, the same creative spirit unleashed upon the world, the same innate ability to connect deeply with the viewer's emotions. The bio on her website aptly reflects her ability to do it all. Quote, writer, director, editor, and occasional animator. Her understated, deceptively simple approach to storytelling, quote, loves telling unconventional stories in unconventional ways. And her unique, highly likable presence in everything we see on screen, quote, plays well with others. Just like her writing, directing, and animation, Tiffany is tapped into something very difficult to harness, the ability to keep things simple while exposing something far more complex. Diving into her latest projects was a thrill. Each production so separate and defined, but marked by similar characteristics that connect her presence, regardless of the role she performed. As the writer of Sunshine Room, she shares a sci-fi concept with a futuristic premise, but rooted in a heartwarming and heartbreaking humanity. A story emphasizing the importance of familial bonds and legacies and the lasting power of multi-generational connections. Her animated film Carrie Fisher is Dead explores the reality of mortality as a propulsive vehicle for discovering our own worth and purpose. The story's dark humor is grounded by a deeper revelation of universal truths worthy of our investment. Her gift for drawing out delicate moments is on full display, all at once subtle, brutal, and rife with emotional depth. A trip through her work is satisfying in unexpected ways, often sad or embarrassing. Consider the title of another highly engaging production, Girls Don't Fart, as a prime example, but we don't leave her stories depressed. We leave fulfilled and even enlightened because of how she manipulates our evolving connection with deft structure. And she impacts our experience in other ways too. Her imagery is infused with creative angles that delight, and more importantly, help us see the entire worlds of her characters. As I said before, it all appears simple, but sneaky might be a better adjective to describe her powers. The world looks different through Tiffany's lens and we feel welcome in it and definitely leave changed for the better. I am honored to be joined by San Francisco native Tiffany Lynn today. Hi, Tiffany, how are you?
1: Hi, Tom, I'm doing great. That was such a lovely introduction. (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: I can't believe we've never met before, but just seeing your smiling face and and thinking about your work, I I had this overwhelming sense of your presence in everything that I watched that you've been a part of. And and I can just see it now, seeing you for the first (laughs) time and and having this conversation is extremely exciting. Um, But before we get to talking, we're gonna warm things up with a little exercise we call personal portrait. Uh, In this quick reply exercise, I'll say a word or ask a question, and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Ready?
1: Sounds great. All right. Let's do it. (laughs) Here we go.
0: Your favorite spot in San Fran?
1: I'm going to say Land's End. It's sort of this uh, park on the edge of San Francisco where there's like a lot of really beautiful hiking trails, and you really get to just soak up all of like the natural beauty of Northern California.
0: Well, I've never been to Northern California and I hope that that happens very soon. If I make it there, would you give me a tour?
1: Of course. Well, we'll hop on BART and we'll just kind of go through the city. (laughs) Sweet.
0: And we'll bring someone along to film the whole thing. Um, Okay. Favorite fruit.
1: Favorite fruit. That's a hard one. I'm going to say passion fruit. Um, I grew up sort of like eating it and it's like very tart and sour, but also a little bit sweet. So I think it's sort of like my work in a way. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Um, yeah. Great answer. Um, party or Netflix and chill?
1: We're gonna, we're gonna go out and party. We're gonna, nice. we're gonna go see All right. people.
0: <laughs> Great. How would you describe your style as an animator in just a few words?
1: Mm, I think simple, expressive, goofy.
0: Your stories come from? Just
1: life, I think. I always kind of collect little ideas here and there, and sooner or later, they kind of rattle inside my brain into something a little bigger.
0: Oh, cool. I can't wait to talk more about that collecting. Uh, The role of a director is to?
1: To set the table for your collaborators.
0: Oh, man, you're ready. That's a great answer. (laughs) Uh, Networking.
1: Uh, Necessary evil, but can be fun when you're not expecting it. Film school. I personally had a good time, but it's not for everyone. So really make sure you ask yourself if it's right for you.
0: And finally, the All-American High School Film Festival.
1: So many new friends. Uh, When I went, uh, my first and last year, I guess, because it was my senior year in high school, I met like a bunch of people that I still talk to a lot to this
0: very day. I love it. I'm glad that we could provide that for you. Um, okay, so let's get into all things Tiffany Lynn. It's it's wonderful to speak with you today, um, and I definitely want to get into some of your outstanding recent work, but let's start with something I didn't mention in my intro. You had the opportunity to do some pretty cool commercial work, including uh, a project focused on the NBA star Jeremy Lin. Can you tell me about how that project came to be and what it was like to work on such a cool and ultimately because of the topic, important project?
1: Yeah, so I worked on uh, this project uh, with uh, this company called Jubilee Media um, and they basically make a lot of really cool digital content um, that sort of focuses on exploring like humanity and um, kind of, yeah, different sides of like people that you normally wouldn't see. And so my friend Cole, who actually uh, worked at, he still works there um, and he was working there at the time too. um, He knew that they were looking for an animator for uh, this project and he just thought of me. And so he put, uh, he submitted my work to them. Um, They really loved it. So um, I was able to collaborate with them and illustrate uh, Jeremy Lin's story. Um, It was really cool because um, he's like one of the biggest like Taiwanese American uh just like yeah celebrities that like people know so that was like really cool for me like growing up where people would be like oh my god like we have to go to the jeremy lynn game um so yeah i never really got to talk to him unfortunately but it was really cool to be able to uh be a part in sort of illustrating his journey to where he is today
0: and, and this just, I mean, this kind of goes back to the networking question. This just came because of your your personal network. Is that someone from school that recommended you for the job or someone that is outside of your USC experience?
1: Yeah, he's actually one of my classmates. He was like one of the first people I met um, at USC. Uh, and we actually came together because uh, we both had a mutual friend, Dennis, who is also an All-American uh, alum and we were trying to buy a stamp to send him a letter because he was in the Korean army at the time. And so we really like bonded in that experience because we, we just like couldn't figure out where to buy a stamp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you think maybe a post office might be a good place to start?
1: Yeah, but, but we, were like, we were like freshmen in college. So it was, we, we, we didn't know better.
0: <laughs> did you eventually find the stamp and send the letter?
1: We did find the stamp. So it was a happy ending.
0: (laughs) Very cool. Um, So uh, practically speaking, uh, for this really awesome project that you got to be a part of, which I imagine will always be sort of an asset in your resume, um, did you get paid?
1: I did get paid. That was actually the first time I got paid for animating, uh, which was really, really awesome. And then I immediately took that money and put it into my junior thesis. film.
0: (laughs) And I imagine that's still sort of the way your money goes right into the next project.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, got to pay rent, got to pay the bills and everything. But I I always try to set aside just a little bit just for, you know, anything special that might come up. Um, Yeah, always kind of looking ahead.
0: So let's go all the way back to the beginning um, and discuss some experiences that got you to this point. Um, Commercial work, these wonderful projects uh, that I just can't say enough about. When did you first start, like, making movies and why?
1: Yeah, I think I actually got into filmmaking a little bit later than I've heard, like, most most of my friends. Um, I originally wanted to be a graphic designer, so I got really, really into Photoshop in middle school. Um, I was really, really into drawing. And around between my freshman and sophomore year of high school, um, I went to this summer art class um, at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco um and it was sort of it was called this like a guerrilla advertising class but basically what it was was every week we had to make these one minute uh shorts um just about like anything you wanted and uh in that class i really discovered that i loved that process of filmmaking where it combined a lot of that like visual storytelling that i was really interested in before and then adding a lot of like other things like sound and music um, I was like a percu- really big percussionist as well. I played like percussion for 12 years. So being able to combine a lot of those aspects of like my identity um, into this one thing, filmmaking was really awesome. Um, so that class was definitely super formative for me. Um, and I kept kept on making films. Um, specifically, I would say there are like three experiences in high school uh, that really like kind of c- kept me continuing through that path. So. Like one of those experiences, I um, I made this like stop motion film that was for the inaugural White House Student Film Festival, uh, which was crazy. I like didn't expect anything at all and ended up being able to go to the White House for making a film, and um, that to me really I I was just I just felt so inspired to continue making stuff. Um, so then I continued and I ended up attending the California uh, State Summer School for the Arts or. CISA, as many people call it, Um, and that really allowed me to continue to dive deeper into the craft, Um, and a few months after that, then I got to attend the All-American High School Film Festival um, and just kind of start to meet this, like, wider network of people. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, and after that, went to USC and the whole deal. Um, Yeah, so I would really say, like, you know, like, my filmmaking journey only started... Um, like a couple of years ago, but I think since then, I've just been really able to dive in and um, figure out why I love filmmaking.
0: It's a pretty awesome trajectory. Um, And thank you for being one of the inaugural White House filmmakers that eventually led to a connection for us where we were able to take alumni Lucas Dong, Um, who I know is a friend of yours as well, um, to the White House to to talk to the actual videography team for Obama. And if it wasn't for someone like you, you know, being there, so we could say, hey, one of our alumni had been there and, you know, sort of these kind of connections, that would have never happened. And I I can't even imagine what a thrill that was. Um, What is it about this art form that inspires your passion to create? I mean, you mentioned these, I said multi-talented, and it's really true. I mean, as an animator, I I thought of you as an animator because that was sort of my introduction to you. And then I saw sort of, you know, wow, you don't even, that's sort of just like the side note now, and you really consider yourself more a writer and director and editor. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I was blown away by what you're doing in in those areas. and then you mentioned percussion. and and I know all of these things are related, and that's such a wonderful thing. and I'm so happy that you are able to express all of these gifts that you have. why do you why do you like to do this?
1: Uh, I mean, I just really love the medium. I think it's just an incredibly powerful like intersection of all of these different art forms that I mentioned. Um, and I think that for me, like a big reason of why I make films is to sort of help myself make sense of the world and, um, sort of exploring things that I haven't really seen explored yet on screen. Um, and I think like as a storyteller, uh, for me, um, it really feels important that I am look, constantly looking for... Perspectives that people haven't really seen, and so whether that might be um, like the content of the story and finding a subject that you know people don't really think about, or even just finding a way to present uh, some something in um, in a different style, um, I think like being able to have a handle on like all of these aspects of storytelling um, is really really important to me as a filmmaker, Um, and that's why I sort of I consider myself primarily a writer, I think. And it's mostly because the three kind of fields that I'm really interested in, uh, in filmmaking, which is writing, directing, editing, those are all basically, you're just writing the film at like three different stages. Um, And I think like being able to shape narratives is such a powerful thing. Um, Yeah. And I don't know, I I don't think like, I would really want to be doing anything else. I think it's just, I just have a hard time choosing or like making decisions on like you know like what I want to do, and I think with filmmaking you get to do everything, uh, which is really awesome.
0: Well, you certainly do, and you just gave me like the best segue ever, so thanks. Um, my next mm-hmm. question is, how did your early work and experiences at All American and and, and these other places um, help shape the direction of what you're working on now? And I, I want to. Put an asterisk on this and, and be fair. And I, I think this is so important for our listeners within our community right now. Everyone, Tiffany's early work showed a ton of potential, but it was not perfect. Th- these were short little tastes of what you could become. And yes, definitely official selection. Um, but if you submitted anything that I've seen now, I would be, I mean, you'd be winning. Right. But you were developing then, you know, you were just and it makes sense now that you're saying like that you got a late start, right, that you were just sort of finding your way. And um, how did those early experiences, th- those little sort of tastes that we got from you um, make, you know, shape who you are today? What Was it important, I guess, is my my question.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think um, a big part of my early kind of filmmaking exploration was in animation. Um, and I think animation is such an important medium um, to understand, even if you're like making live action. I think being able to think in a way um, that like in the, in the way that animators think is really, really important because it helps you visualize um, in a really clear way of like what you want to show people on screen. Um, and you are a lot more intentional with things. And
0: can I you give me an of- example of that? Like how like how animators think, and and how, give me an example of you being intentional on screen, like from one of your films.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, like in Carrie Fisher is dead, uh, my animated thesis film uh that went through like a really long storyboarding process like i storyboarded it basically for an entire semester um uh, and i think th- do by doing that and really kind of figuring out like what are the shots that you actually need um because animation you know it's like it's such a long process um so you really want to make sure that when you go in um you're really choosing the shots that um only the shots that are like absolutely needed And so with that, um, I was just really trying to figure out, like, how can I make these shots do multiple things where it gives me, like, the context I need. um, It can kind of drive the story forward um, and maybe even, like, just do something fun, you know? Um, Push the visual language a little bit further. Um, And so I think, like, being able to have that understanding of animation so early, uh, it really helped me. um, It really helped me think more like a filmmaker. Um, and in terms of just kind of being very clear with uh, my visual storytelling because that's like a really big thing in animation too is just making thing making sure that like as soon as you see an image like it reads Um, and it's still something that I'm like still trying to figure out and like continue to refine but um, I think being able to do that helps you so much Um, and another part of like my early work that I still try to like keep, uh, as I go forward, um, is that I would kind of mix animation and live action quite a bit. Um, and I think that's something that I'm still sort of in right now, where even though I guess like now my current work, it's not as much of a mix, but I still really try to kind of have one foot in each of those worlds, because I think they really like feed into each other very well. Um, and now, you know, as like films continue to go towards this place where it's like this, like weird intersection of like there's like a lot of like animation and like vFX, but it's also you gotta like know how to work with live action. um I think it's really, really helpful to be able to speak both of those languages,
0: yeah, and it's a it's definitely a delicate balance though uh, and and but viewers appreciate it so much. I find it so refreshing when mediums are playful uh, yeah. and interchangeable, but it has to be done right. Um, mm-hmm. And clearly, you know, you're you're still a student of that craft. And I, I love that w- what you said, because what we see it with your animation looks simple. If you just, you know, if you just watch it and you're not really thinking about it or analyzing it, I think it would be easy to say that this looks simple, but y- you mentioned that it's really a ton of work, that it takes an entire mm-hmm. year to develop the, the storyboard for, you know, this one short film. I think it's like four and a half minutes or something. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and yet if you look, if you're paying attention, um, and I think most people who are listening to this are those type of people, it's magical. The angles, I mean, I, I mentioned it in my introduction, but you do some really, really magical things and they sort of flash by, but they're purposeful. Um, and mm-hmm. I appreciate them. So I just wanted to mention it and I, I saw it, uh, it, in your animation, which, so I know that that was your choice. And but it's also present in some of the other films that I had the pleasure to watch as well. Um, how would you describe how your style and goals have evolved over time? I mean, I mm-hmm. don't know if you've already answered that if you have, you know we can we can just go to the next question. but do you feel like there's been an evolution?
1: Yeah, I think like as I've start i've I've like grown up and whatnot, <laughs> um I think I've been reevaluating sort of my relationship to um my work and like kind of what kind of stories I want to tell um and I think recently that has kind of gone in a more I don't want to say cynical but it's just like like maybe more introducing more nuance um I would say into the work and um really exploring kind of a lot of like moral gray areas with characters um and really just trying to um yeah, it's, like, really just trying to find the humanity in these characters, regardless of whether they're, like, so-called good or bad. Um, and I think with that, I think especially that's that's present in, like, my live-action work. Um, I think, like, finding visuals that do, like, support those stories. Um, I think, like, my taste as a filmmaker, um, I generally really like to... I don't like to cast judgment on characters. I think it's really important to let them... Um, sort of exist as who they are and let the audience bring their own preconceived notions and kind of their baggage to the film. And it's sort of interesting how that like affects the way that people see it. Um, So yeah, I don't think that I, I think that it it is still sort of um, with my original ethos of like wanting to create work that like makes people think differently about the world. Um, Yeah, so I don't think it would, it has changed necessarily, but more evolved Um, And, you know, it's, like, all naturally part of the process, just, like, as you mature, as you, like, watch more films, um, experience more. Um, I think that one thing I learned um, through this, too, like, in the past few years is, like, not being in too much of a rush to create work. I think, like, again, like, being very intentional um, and thinking about, like, why I'm telling a particular story or, like, what... particular project might mean in like in going forward in the next steps of like of of me being an artist and what i'm trying to explore Um, i think that's just like important to keep in mind um but yeah i don't know i also am of the opinion that like i just want to continue making cool stuff and um hopefully i can keep doing that and get paid to do it
0: (laughs) I have no doubt listening to your responses that that is going to be the case. And I am so happy and grateful that you're carrying the torch and telling stories and and having the opportunity to do it, because I can't think of a better person to be to have that responsibility based on the things that you're saying. And I I mean that. (laughs) And and you mentioned being intentional. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, just again, for for younger folks who are listening yeah. Do happy accidents still happen and surprise you? Like sometimes even though you're being so intentional, will you have a moment where it's just like, oh, and it just sort of appears and you haven't actually been that intentional?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think like filmmaking is very much like jazz where it's like organized chaos, you know, because it's like as much as you can have your intentions when you like step on set, um, it's like a whole you're you're kind of like at the mercy of um kind of your, the environment and, like, every everyone else around you. Um, and, like, there are things you can do to kind of, like, like control those variables, like working with people that you trust and things like that. But, like, ultimately, there are things that are, like, out of your control. Um, for example, on my most recent live-action short that's um, turning on the festival circuit, it's called Poachers. Um, and it's, like, this drama that's, like, about uh, these two girls who go to poach, so, uh, poach succulents uh, on the California coast. So the environment was like a check really- check out the trailer,
0: everyone. Oh. I, I I was only able to see the trailer, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in. I'm in. Okay, sorry.
1: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like obviously like the environment is such a huge part of that story. Um uh, and I remember like me and my co-writer, uh there was one scene where like, okay, like this girl, she's gonna like a stand at the edge of the cliff and like looking out at the landscape. And like it's going to be like sunset, blue hour, like it'll be beautiful. And then when we actually went to go shoot at that location, uh, it was overcast like the entire time. <laughs> um, so our our like dreams of like this beautiful, like magical blue hour sort of were diminished. But at the same time, I think it really helped the film in sort of creating its own mood. Um, and yeah, I think as like kind of like a larger lesson, it's just like, you, you just really need to um, let the film become what it wants to be. Because uh, I think you can go into a project where you know, like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. Uh, but at the same time, like, it's its own living, evolving creature. And so um, I think the best thing you can do as a director is just to, like, get out of your own way and just let the film become what it is.
0: I I want to ask and you can think about this while I ask it, I'm going to ask a question and then I'm going to ask the question I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask. Um, mm-hmm. and I, that is what is, what is the film that you're most proud of and why, uh, and it very well may be poachers. And I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes the latest project is the one, um, but yeah. it, is it easier for you to create or evoke humor or sadness? Because you do both really well and maybe sadness isn't the right word, but I I don't have a mm-hmm. better one right now. So is it easier for the humor to come to you, or the, that sort of depth?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a very deep question. <laughs> um, but I guess, yeah, to answer your first question, I think the project that I am the most proud of is Poachers, currently. Um, I think I'm proud of not only like the end product that we created, but also the conditions in which we created it. Um, for myself and my collaborators on it, um, Elias Ginsberg and Sammy Sadoff, um, we had been working on the project for a while and took really, it was our first uh, project out of film school that we were doing together. I'd met them both like also in freshman year. <laughs> uh, and so we're really close. And I think um, out of coming out of that, we really wanted to make something on our own terms um, in a way that we would be proud of. So we like really took um, our time to be very thorough with like doing research and making sure that like everything we showed was like accurately represented. Um, you wouldn't believe this, but like people who love native plants in California can be very very passionate um, about seeing things correct. So I hope I hope we did right by them. <laughs> um, A lot of but, pressure. Yeah, but so it was like doing the work, doing the research. Uh, making sure to pay our crew equitably. Um, I think like a big part of like being a young person in film is just being able, to, trying to be able to survive in it and like live off of your work. And so I'm glad, I'm really proud that we were able to provide that for our crew, um, and just creating like an environment on set where people um, felt empowered to do their best work and like have a really awesome time doing it. Um I think I, I often look back on it and think about how that was like, that is like one of my favorite like filmmaking experiences I've had. Um, so
0: and- we can hold off on on that other question that I, yeah. I'm torturing you with. Um, <laughs> and and maybe there isn't an answer, which is totally <laughs> fair. Um,
1: I, I, I think I have an answer for you, but yeah. Oh, do I mean, it,
0: do it, go ahead.
1: Okay, yeah, I think like with humor and sadness, I think, It's not necessarily of like what comes easier to me, but more of a question of like where it uh, where it feels most natural. Um, I think. Well, I guess this is a podcast, so no one's really gonna see it. But uh, I've often been told that like I can't talk without smiling. It's amazing.
0: Like I am in such a good mood right now, Tiffany. I I, like. If I could start (laughs) every day talking to you, I just feel like. I don't know. I feel different just seeing you smile. Yes, and I'm smiling more, and I think that's contagious. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, and I think like to that end, like I I am not someone who like really likes to ruminate like very deeply and like wallow. <laughs> um, so I think definitely like having, um, like having humor and like moments of lightness in my films is like it, I think it comes like pretty easily to me, uh, and so I think to that end, I do like creating more drama now because it is something that like kind of offers a foil to that uh and i think that like, you know the best movies like it's like you're laughing and crying and laughing and crying uh, and that's like kind of really just what i want to make
0: <laughs> uh you're really good at that intersection um and the answer helps make sense of it uh why you're really? good at it um so mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit more about poachers because I wanted to talk about some of the practical things too. And you mentioned being able to pay your crew and stuff. And it's, it's that's awesome because I know, trust me, I talked to so many alumni. I know what the struggle is and, and I know that you're all going to, you know, fight through it, you know, because you can't do anything else. There's, there's no option for you. And I think Mm -hmm. that's absolutely inspiring. Where did you come up with the funding to make it work?
1: Yeah, so that was definitely, like, a really big thing. Obviously, like, everyone uh, <laughs> who's, like, an indie filmmaker is always looking for more money. Um, and so for me, it really came from a little bit from everywhere. Um, I had money that I had been saving up for a short film that originally was going to shoot in uh, May 2020, which obviously didn't happen. So I, like, continued to save up for it, um, go leading into that production. Um, We did a little bit of crowdfunding as well and just like finding people to like invest in the film. Um, Part of it was through um, fiscal sponsorship, which is where like, you know, a nonprofit uh, sponsors you and then like um, the donations become tax deductible for people. So that definitely helped um, in sort of uh, creating a lot of the budget for our production. Um, And then later on, I actually received um, finishing funds from a... A nonprofit organization called uh, Decentralized Pictures, uh, which is sort of this new like blockchain-powered platform um, that's backed by American Zoetrope. So that was really really helpful in terms of finishing out post and like kind of getting the film out there. Um, But yeah, it was definitely kind of like it was a marathon. I would say it was a marathon, not a sprint.
0: Um, Yeah. Well, I'm glad that it worked out. Um, What are the next steps for a film like this? Um, Is it a short?
1: Yeah, it is a short film. Um, so it's currently going on the festival circuit. Um, we've played at a few places, uh, this past month and we have, um, two more screenings coming up soon. Um, so yeah, we've been mostly keeping people updated on Instagram at Poachers Film. Um, so if you're, if you're curious about where we're playing next, um, Yeah, that's definitely where we'll be kind of putting our updates. Cool. Well, Um, we will
0: definitely have links, everyone, in the description to whatever Tiffany can provide us with, uh, including that. Um, How do you... I I recently received an email from one of our big winners from last year um, Mm -hmm. uh, whose film actually uh, you you probably should check out. His name is Mm -hmm. Nick. His last name is very hard to pronounce based on the spelling. Nick Milzarchik. Uh, okay. and he's from Canada and he made a film called In the Weeds that won Best Direction and is, is really quite amazing for a high school student uh, and he reached out to me mm-hmm. and said hey I need some advice on which festivals I should apply to um, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have an answer um, so I wrote him back and I said I, you know, I have a few ideas but I think it would make sense to talk to other alumni and so propose uh, a little round table or something which you will probably be invited to. Long <laughs> story short um, how did you choose which festivals because I know you, you it, it costs money, and you can't just like apply to all of them.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's definitely like some sort. It's like it's It's like dark magic, Tom. Like you, <laughs> you really kind of have to, like, like just go through a lot of different things. But um, I think for me, in choosing the festivals that I wanted to submit to, um, it's a little bit like applying to college. You know, where you have like a few reach ones um some like ones that like you think you will probably get into and then ones that like like you feel very confident about getting into um and so for me it was both looking at the film's content as well as who i am as a filmmaker um and so you know i'm like an asian american woman um and i'm from the bay area so um i think like being able to submit to festivals that like do have sort of like either like in environmental focus or like focus on like Asian Americans um, or yeah, like California film festivals. That was kind of really important to me because um, my film also is set in California. So that was like really important to be able to like bring it to different parts of California. Um, I submitted to like a few different like uh, festivals for like young filmmakers. Um, So like we were at Nifty um, in April, um, which is really, really awesome. Definitely submit to them as well um if you're if you're like a young person trying to get into more festivals um yeah and just really uh seeing like from friends as well just like what festivals they might have been to that they had a good experience with um so yeah it's definitely like a lot of like like going i'm a really obsessive like researcher so like i i'm on those like reddit threads and like going through instagram and stuff uh, but yeah, I would just say like kind of make a list of like festivals similar to how you would um, make a list for like applying to college.
0: I think um, uh, yeah, and yeah. I think that's great advice, and and uh, certainly, and then sort of localizing it or or selecting mm-hmm. certain festivals based on the content of the film uh, is very helpful. And you're the segue queen. I've just now officially <laughs> given you that name because my next question was let's you know talk about USC, um, and yeah. I we don't have to go too crazy into it but um i don't even need to ask why USC i think everyone at this point knows that that's you know a, a dream school for for most people who are into this um yeah. what was your college experience like at USC
1: yeah so my college experience was definitely uh it was kind of like a mix of like that art school environment with also kind of like this greater like university like a more like generalized education. Uh, I think for me like what I really liked about being at USC was the fact that they do have this like amazing film school but there's like other stuff outside of it and so I think that's like a really important thing to like consider just in general of like when you're looking at where you want to go whether it's like a more specialized institution or something that like offers you a lot more because as I mentioned I have like a lot of different interests. Uh, and so it's like, you know, if I like went to like a conservatory art school, I wouldn't have been able to like, take, you know, like a dentistry class right. like I did for a semester <laughs> or like more classes that kind of examine like, like the urban environment and things like that. Um, yeah. And I think like being in LA was really awesome too. Uh, I am a California girl through and through. Um, and so being able to be close to home, um, was really awesome. Um, And I think that's, like, a big consideration for people to, like, uh, being on the West Coast or the East Coast. um, I think, like, they are definitely, like, very different sides of the industry. So just kind of, like, doing your research on that. Um, But I think, like, regardless of, like, whatever, you know, like, opportunities and stuff, like, the school can offer. I think, like, the biggest thing for me, too, was just, like, being able to meet people and have, like, a really tight-knit circle of friends um, that I can, like, count on. Um, as both like collaborators and just like people that I really like care about in my life um yeah I think like honestly like a lot of like administrations for in colleges just like in general like are not great like there's always especially like USC like there's I don't know it was very tumultuous when I was there the film school was like a a little bit better than like the general university there was just like so much drama there (laughs) um but I think it's just like, as long as you can find like your people and like a community, I think that's like the most important part.
0: Did you just find them naturally or was there um, like stepping stones that helped you connect? I, I look, I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to see that you're an easy person to like and to become friends with. I would gather that that's sort of just happens for you, but was there <laughs> was there like a stepping stone like that? I don't know, maybe just sort of anything that you could you give as advice to someone who is listening to this and graduating this year and is terrified about next September.
1: Yeah, I think like, honestly, like the best way to network uh, at film school or just like any school at all, um, or especially like, yeah, if it's like, if you're in that filmmaking community is just kind of to get on set and like work with people. Um, I think it's really important to like, just be really humble Um, because, you know, you're, like, a freshman, like, what do you know? Um, But, yeah, I think it's, like, really nice to be able to, like, get to know people, like, in that context or just, like, in classes, like, passing by um, and just really kind of learning from people and listening. Um, I think that was, like, a really important part for me because, like, one of the great things about USU is this, like, there's so many different kinds of people that come through, like, people from all over the country, all over the world, um, and as long as you're able to kind of put aside your own ego um, and really open yourself up um, to the experiences, I think like you can really just, like yeah, just become friends with people um, and just learn as much as you can from them.
0: That's great advice, uh, regardless of where you go to school. Um, mm-hmm. What is there a particular class or assignment? I like to ask this question just to you mm-hmm. know like a, a microcosm of the college experience. Um, because I know so many people like you've really, before you go, you really don't know, uh, what it's going to be like. Is there like a little, one little thing that stands out to you that really inspired you or just a favorite moment, whether it be, you know, you have, we were asked to do this and you just found it like, wow, what a catalyst this was for my creativity or something.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I guess like, I don't know. I have like two sort of things that are like on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, but I guess like one, like one of my favorite assignments from school was like, this was like more of like a kind of a film industry class but we were asked to reach out to someone who had like worked on a favorite film of ours and just like ask them a question about like the making of that film um and so like people were like scouring like imdb pro like i was on linkedin like signing up for like the messages and stuff but i think that assignment like really uh like gave us like i think it really opened my eyes to seeing how, how how willing people are to, like, help students. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I was able to, like, reach out to, like, the Daniels, um, who did, you know, Everything Everywhere All At Once most recently. Uh, and I was able to ask them about, like, Sasarmy so, Man. Um, and then, like, I knew this guy who somehow got, like, Francis Ford Coppola's phone number and, like, had a 30-minute conversation with him. So it's just, like, you really have to just be very resourceful and kind of, like, looking for a lot of, like, yeah, ways to like get in contact with people like that is like a very crucial skill just like in the industry. Um, But I think another assignment that really, really kind of uh, like opened my eyes to kind of like ways of collaboration um, is this is the junior thesis class at USC. Um, And so it's like a very notorious class because it's like the most stressful semester. Um, You're basically like paired up with like three random people and you have to work with them for the whole semester and every five weeks you create a whole new short film from like start to finish um and it's just like you spend so much time with these people and you really kind of learn how to collaborate and like be efficient with your filmmaking and it's like not every film that you make in that class is going to be like a masterpiece But I think it's just like that process of like iterating, learning all of the different departments. That's like really important um, that I still, a lot of those lessons, I still
0: carry with me to this day. So fortunate to have these kind of experiences and and I'm absolutely blown Mm -hmm. away. So um, let's shift to your all American experience. Um, What did that sort of initial recognition, being an official selection multiple times, what did that do to help you continue to pursue your passion?
1: Yeah, I think, like, just being able to be, like, part of that festival was really empowering for me. Just, it's like a validation of your work, you know, and that always feels really nice. Um, and I think actually being able to attend the festival was really awesome, too. Um, and being able to meet, like, filmmakers who were, like, maybe a little bit, like, further uh, ahead in sort of their artistic journeys than I was. Like, it was just really, really inspiring to be able to, like, meet these people. Um, and actually, like, talk to them as well and just kind of connect. Um, Like, one of my friends that I still talk to to this day that I met there, um, Dennis Kim, like, he makes these amazing, like, such, like, emotionally resonant animations. Um, And I, like, spent a lot of time with him that weekend. It was just so wonderful, like, to be able to meet someone um, who was, like, in a sort of a similar situation as I was. Um, And I think, like, again, like, going back to sort of, like, creating a community around yourself i find that like i learned the most from like the people around me and so being able to have like there's these people that i met like at all american um like making this work that's like so inspiring uh was really really awesome and i think it just kind of like pushed me to want to be better um uh, so hopefully like i am like closer to their level. I was going to say, I
0: I think you caught up pretty fast and (laughs) I I think uh, you have achieved that goal. Um, What advice would you have for our community of emerging filmmakers? Um, Maybe something that you wish you knew then that you know now, or just something that will benefit them in the long run? Um, You know, everyone that's listening is most likely uh where most people listening are are, you know kind of like you when they when you were in high school or a teacher you know maybe just looking for the right advice for their students what advice would you give to our community
1: yeah i think it would definitely be don't be afraid to continue making stuff i know it's a little bit contradictory to what i said a little bit earlier about like being intentional with my work but i think i am at that level now because like earlier on i was able to like make a lot of stuff in um, like a lot of different formats. Like I, when I first like got to USC, like a lot of the early assignments that we were doing were sort of like every week you make a new film, you make a new film. And I think like that really um, just sort of helps you like learn to like stop being so critical and just kind of take things as a learning experience or treating your projects as a way to, like, explore and learn versus something that has to be, like, your magnum opus. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, in high school, like, I think, like, I, I still had a lot to learn, but I think by making the films that I did, I really got to learn uh, different uh, facets of storytelling, whether it was kind of, like, a new animation technique or it was, like, some other thing, like, writing or, like, cinematography – Um, I think just putting yourself, um, in a position where like you might fail, but it's okay. Um, it's not going to be the end of the world. Like you will continue to make other films. Um, yeah. So I think like definitely like in high school and like at the very beginning, like you should definitely continue to like make stuff, um, and be really adventurous, adventurous with it. Like, don't be afraid to like limit yourself. Um, cause you know, like this is really the time to do it. It's,
0: yeah. It's such, yeah. yeah, it's, it's the time to do it and it, it might not seem like it. And, and right. Hindsight is, is very easy, um, yeah. to, to, you know, embrace, but it is the mm-hmm. time to do it. I couldn't agree more. And, yeah. and we're here for you. Right. So see, That's you know, it. maybe you don't even think it worked and you submit to us and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, you realize that no, it's really appreciated and you maybe really did something special and love the idea. It can't be said enough. Um, I'm sure it's been said on the, the, this show before, but you, Mm -hmm. you learn more from failure than success. You always will. Uh, it's a Mm -hmm. lesson I teach my own sons.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, actually I have another addendum to this also is like, in addition to like creating a lot of your own work, I think it's really important to like expose yourself to like very good work. Cause I think like what you see and like experience, like really impacts like the kind of things that you make and I don't mean just like watching more films although like I do wish I I have I wish I watched more movies um growing up especially like in high school um but I think it's like really exposing yourself to a lot of different art forms whether that's like like you know like painting installations sculptures like theater uh orchestra like just really opening yourself up to the possibilities is really important because like if you don't if you haven't like seen what's possible then like you won't like go in that direction, you know?
0: Yeah. And you have to see what triggers you emotionally. And, and, you know, I I think it's when I'm surprised, especially as I get older. Um, the only thing I feel like that -hmm. affects me sometimes is when I'm surprised, um, by a a new form or a form that I haven't visited that I should have, that's been around for millennia. Um, and Mm -hmm. you are definitely the segue queen because my, my last question (laughs) for you was going to be, um, who are your influences um, and then a, a follow-up to that, um, mm-hmm. but who who are your most significant influences at this point?
1: Yeah, I think at this point, um, a lot of, I don't know, I really love Greta Gerwig's work and uh, how she like explores a lot of the like inner lives of young women. Cause I feel like a lot of the time they're we're, like, we're very marginalized in media. Like people don't take, don't take young women seriously. Um, So I really love her for that and also in the way that she uses wide shots in her films. Like if you talk to anyone that I've worked with, i will be like, oh, Tiffany loves her wides. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, definitely like Greta, like she is a really big inspiration to me. Um, Edward Yang, who is this like Taiwanese filmmaker, um, he creates these like really, really amazing like uh, human portraits um, that are just so lovely. Um, so I definitely recommend checking out his work. Um, he has a film called a brighter summer day that I really love. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's just like so many, there's so much awesome work being created in TV as well. Um, I really like, oh my God, that's like just a whole, you can't even
0: keep up. There is, and we, 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 we probably should maybe for season 4 i'm i'm just going to we're just going to have like four people on at a time and we'll just oh talk about like tv or we'll talk we'll <laughs> yeah. all watch the same film and talk about it maybe that's like the the next evolution of this podcast and i know we could go on all day um so yeah. two two more questions one favorite jazz album or artist of all time because you mentioned jazz and i <clears> love jazz <throat> more every day especially yeah. on vinyl it's like changing my life Uh, Mm -hmm. and I discovered it so late. I mean, I've always liked it, but now (laughs) I'm like really starting to appreciate it. Um, favorite jazz album or artist?
1: Okay. Uh, for the classics, like Straight No Chaser, Thelonious Monk is like my go-to. Um, but more recently, like love Thundercat, um, Lewis Cole, like Domi and JD Beck, all like these young, amazing artists. Um, yeah (laughs)
0: okay and um and i know some of those but i will definitely be following up via email to get some more of those um uh recommendations of the films or tv or anything it can be music it could be art Mm -hmm. anything um for our listeners um that are on your playlist or radar right now um so that folks can check them out and get a little bit more insight into what you like yeah,
1: okay. I think recently, um I've been really loving Hacks on HBO. Um just an amazingly written show. Um and like Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart are so good in it. Um I really loved uh let's see. Uh Severance as well. Severance is very good. Um but also like the new Top Gun, I just saw it.
0: I can't wait, I'm so excited.
1: My like Apple watch gave me a warning that my heart rate went above 120 like multiple times in the theater. So, you know, like if that says anything about like how amazing and like There's nothing wrong with a
0: good old fashioned, visceral summer movie. I watched this weekend um, at our lake house. I got all of like the cousins together. They're like, they're older now, but like high school age and younger. And we watched (laughs) the original Top Gun, like super loud in the dark. They went through like eight bowls of giant popcorn. <laughs> and they all loved it. And I, I'm so happy that the reviews for the new film are so positive because,
1: oh you know, God, it's yeah. it's
0: part of my upbringing and my personal artistic culture. Um, and I'm so happy that they're going to get to experience something good um, and, and good in different ways than some of the stuff dad tries to get them to watch, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So I'm glad you mentioned that. (laughs) Tiffany, um, thank you so much for an insightful glimpse into your experiences and motivations as a storyteller. I encourage all of you to check out Tiffany's work. Links will be in the description. And thanks to all of you, of course, for tuning in and joining us. I remind you that this is just one of many in-depth conversations with the future of film. You can go to hsfilmfest.com for more information on the All-American High School Film Festival. And please subscribe and share across all platforms to help support our important community of artists just like Tiffany. Tiffany, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Tom. It's so great talking to you.
0: You too. I have a feeling we'll be talking again. Everyone, we will see you next time.